Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings, that is Malach and Bez. <coughs> we are in the middle of Perak Dalid, that would be chapter 4. We just read of the miracle of oil that Elisha performed to save a widow from the terrible fate of losing her two children to slavery. Um, and now we are going to read of another miracle which also is a mirror image of, with certain differences, of course, uh, but a mirror image of a miracle that we read about Elisha's mentor, Elijah, back in chapter 17 of the first book of Kings. Now we're going to read another version um, of what happened in Elisha's life. And here we go, verse 8. And it was on a particular day, Vayavor Elisha el Shunem that Elisha went to the town of Shunem. He visited the town. Visham Isha Gedola, there was a, a great woman, presumably this means uh, regarding her, her wealth, uh, or great in name, or great in prestige. Vatachazek um, And uh, she pushed him, she urged him to eat a meal with her, you know, by her. And it was that whenever he passed through that area, he would turn towards her place in order to eat food, uh, to eat at her place. So she hosted him by giving him food and thus showed her um, support for the prophet and as he went about his uh work as a prophet. Vatomer Elisha, and she said to her husband, Hine Noya Dati, Kiisha Elohim Kadoshu, I know that um, that this man is a very a man of God. He's a holy man, Overalenutambed, and he's coming over to our place often. Let's make him a small uh, uh, room in in our uh, upstairs in our uh, you know in the upper floor of our home vinasim lo shamita let's put there for him a bed vishulchan and a table vikisei and a chair uminora and a lamp vahaya so let's set up a nice little guest suite for him so that when he comes to us he can go and sleep in that uh, room let's not in the, until now we've been giving him food let's give him a place to stay. And a particular, uh, another day came by, he came over to her place like he usually did, and he did, and of course they invited him upstairs, they showed him the room they set up, so he went up to his room, and he rested and slept there. And he said to Gechazi, his, his uh, servant, Call that woman, the woman from Shunam. And he called her, and she stood before him. And he said to him, um, meaning, he said to, uh, so in other words, to stand before, um, um, uh, you know, um, and he said to him, Tell her, so he's speaking to this woman through Gechazi as an uh, intermediary. And he says, 
please ask her. You have um, I'm sorry, in the feminine uh, with a shiva under the tough. Uh, was you um, you have troubled yourself, uh, you know, to do all of this trouble. You've went through so much to to you, you know you've bothered yourself, went out of your way to do all this for us, right? What can we do for you? Would you like for us to speak on your behalf to the king? or maybe to the uh, uh, general of the army or some other official. Maybe you have some business that they can help you with or maybe you're in trouble of some sort and we can help you get out of the trouble. And she said, no. I live within my nation. Now, um, this means, you know, I, I'm, I'm among my people. I have what I need. I don't have any problems. It seems, just from reading this verse, again, to give you the impression, and this we learned from the last story that we learned in the previous podcast as well, the story within which Elisha ended up performing a miracle to save the previous widow who was uh, impoverished and in debt, indebted gave us an impression of the type of society that they were living in, which was a society in which creditors would do things like that and people were at risk of losing their children to slavery if they couldn't pay back a debt. Um, uh, uh, not ki- the kind of community that the Torah calls for when it tells you lo cielo no she, don't be like a no she, right? And it chose the language of no she, a, a creditor, but not just a creditor, but one who is aggressive in collecting his debt. Um, but and uh, not a one who fulfills uh, the ideal society of the Torah, where one has specific pity on a widow, rather than than the awful practice of taking her children away. And here too, we get the sense from this verse too, because because uh, first of all, he he says you went through all this trouble. Do we need to speak to you to the king? One gets a sense. Well, maybe she's in trouble with the king, right? Maybe the the general is after her for something, right? So maybe we can speak to you to get, um, get you out of trouble. And then her answer, sounds like within my nation. In other words, I live among my people. I don't have any run-ins with the authorities. So again, you get this sense that the authorities are an evil, bad force, which is always the sign of a corrupt society when the authorities are evil and corrupt. So this was her answer. I'm satisfied with my lot. I have what I need. I don't need anything. I'm fine. By Yomer, and then he said to Gehazi, right? This is Alicia speaking to Gehazi. Now that she made, this was her response. Umela asoslo. What can we do for her? Right? We should do something. You know, something to thank her for all of this. By Yomer Gehazi, and Gehazi said, She does not have a son. and her husband is elderly. So it's unlikely that in, if, in, that the natural course of events will lead to a child. Vayomer, so he said, Kirala, call her Vayikrala, and he called her Vata'amod Bapesach, and she stood in the doorway. Vayomer, and he said to her, Lamo'ed hazeh, ko'es at choveket bein. At this time of year, at this season, you will be 
hugging and holding a child. She said, no, no, my, my master, man of God, do not lie, do not fool, do not trick your, maid, your servant, your maidservant. In other words, she um, could not imagine such a thing. Don't lie to me. I, I, um, this is not going to happen. It, in other words, rather than saying thank you, here we have a woman who had already accepted her fate. And Gehazi assumed that this was something that she wanted. And Elisha then went ahead and gave her the blessing. Now, um, of course, Fatara Isha, the next verse, 17, Vatelet Bain, the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son, Lamoed at this time of year, at the season, Asher Diber Elisha, just as Elisha had spoken to her. So here we have another miracle. Elisha blesses a woman who was childless before, and then a year later, she has a child just as he had predicted. Now, it's important to note that this is not a child that this woman had asked for, right? This is just a child who, um, who Gehazi decided she needed, right? So uh, that's going to have some repercussions. Anyway, if we, as we go on to verse 18, Vayigdal Hayelad, the boy young grew up, Vayihayom, and it wasn't a, another specific, a certain day, Vayetzei El Avivel and he went out to his father who was with the people do, uh, harvesting in the field. Vayomer El Aviv, Roshi Roshi, and he cried to his father, my head, my head, he had a horrific headache, and he said to uh, one of his boys, one of his assistants, carry him back to his mother. He's obviously, something's wrong. And he carried him and brought him back to his mother. And he laid lay down or rested on her, um, on her, on her lap. Ad Hatsarayim until the evening by Amos, and he passed away. Vatal Vatashkiveo al Mitasish Elohim, Elohim, and she uh, brought him up and put him down on the bed of the man of God, on the prophet's bed, the, the in his room that they had set up for him. She laid him down on the bed. Vatisgor ba'ado and then she closed the door that of the room where he was, and she left the room. So. At this point, she maintained her composure, apparently did not tell anyone what had happened, and except this is what her reaction was. Vatikra Elisha, she called out to her husband, Vatomer, li echad send me one of the boys, one of your servants, asonos, and one of the uh, she donkeys. And I can go and run to the to the prophet, and I'll be back. Um, I need an assistant to go with me. I need a donkey to ride on. And he said, Why are you going to him today? And it's not the, the first of the month. It's not the Sabbath. Right? Those are days when people would go to the prophet, apparently, presumably to, to learn, to study, to hear teachings of God. But this is not one of those days. This is a regular work day. I'm out in the fields working. Why are you running to the prophet today? What's going on? But Tomer, and she said, Shalom, it's, it's fine. Shalom, it's peaceful. It's fine. Don't worry. It's basically what she answered. Don't worry about it. So here she's not revealing why she's going. Again, 
<coughs> she is apparently hoping for a miracle, which may be the reason why she placed him in just the bed alone, hoping the bed alone might make the miracle happen, but that didn't seem to happen yet. And she wants it to remain private. She does not want this miracle to be a public spectacle. Um, so Vatachvosha Ason, she goes and um, saddles up the donkey, Vatomrel Naaron. She says to the boy that's assisting her, Nahag Volech, uh, you know, go and and go quickly. Don't slow me down, uh, unless I tell you. In other words, let's hurry, let's rush. Let's go fast. Don't slow down the donkey. Don't let the donkey rest uh, uh, too, uh, too much. And she went and eventually made it to the, the prophet who was at the time on Mount Carmel. And it was when the prophet saw her coming opposite. She was approaching him. And he said to Gehazi, his, his assistant, Here is that woman from Shunam. You know, the woman who we stay by our house, the woman who gives us food, the woman who we blessed her with a child. Ata, now roots nolikrasa, run and greet her. Is everything okay? Are, are, are things going okay with you? Are things going okay with your husband? Are things going okay with your child? And she said, Shalom, everything is fine. Fascinating way of answering by starting by saying everything is fine. It's kind of like when you meet someone in the street and you say, how's it going? You say, oh, everything's great. And then, but if you sit down and talk, uh, everything's not so great, you know. So she started, so then they went and started a more deeper conversation. So, which occurs in the next verse, Fatavoa Elisha Elahar. So even though when Gehazi greeted her, you know, quickly like that, out, uh, you know, as she was coming, she said, Shalom, it's fine. But when she finally reached uh, the Isha Elohim, the prophet on the mountain, she grabbed his feet. And Gehazi approached to push her away. Like, this is inappropriate. What are you you're grabbing his feet? Like, so he, was start, he went to start pushing her away. And the man of God, meaning Elisha, the prophet, said, Let, Leave her alone because it's apparent that she is very upset about something. She's in a lot of pain, you know, emotional pain. God held this back from me. I didn't know. Whatever it is that's paining her, God did not tell me. So I don't know what's wrong, but something is obviously very wrong. And she says, Did I ask for a son for my master? I told you, didn't I tell you not to trick me? You know, so this obvious. In other words, something is clearly wrong with her son. Um, and Elisha got the message right away. And there is some message in here that Elisha the prophet did not was not told by God, did not discern, did not understand what it was that was bothering her, what was wrong, right? And remember that when Elisha gave her this blessing and this miracle happened, this was something that Elisha decided to do on his own. It was not something that God told him to do, and it's not something that she even asked for. And he said to Gehazi, 
gird up your 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 belt, right? Vikach mishanti and take my mishenet, my cane, my staff, the one that I lean upon in your hand. Volech and go But if you meet someone on the road, if you pass by someone, don't even stop to say hello. Vachanu meaning don't bless him, meaning don't stop and say shalom aleichem. How are you doing? And run real fast, because and if a person comes and blesses you, or in other words, a person comes and says, "How are you doing?" Don't answer him and engage in conversation. And place this staff upon the face of the boy. But the mother of the boy. Answered, Chai Adonai, Vachai Nafshechaim as Veka. By God, as God lives and as you live, I shall not leave your side. In other words, I'm not going with your student. I'm not, that's no, no, I'm here with you. You're the one that brought this about. You're the one that's going to fix it. So, Vayakam Vayelech Acharea. Because she said this, Elisha listened to her and got up and followed her. So Gehazi of Arlifnehem, but Gehazi had already started the path, so he was ahead of them, so he reached the destination first. And he put the cane or the um, staff on the Nar's face, and there is no voice, in other words, no sound, the boy didn't speak, there was, and did, there was no response. He did not listen, in other words, when he was stimulated, he'd not respond. So then he turned back and he told Elisha, who was following behind, the boy did not wake up. In other words, the staff did not accomplish anything. So Elisha came to the house and behold, the boy was, 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 that was dead and he was lying upon the bed. So he comes into the room. He closes the door behind them. So it's just he and and the boy in the room. And he prays to God. And he climbs onto the bed. And he lies on top of the boy. And he places his mouth on his mouth. And his eyes on his eyes. And his hands on the boy's hands. And he, when by Yigar, it's like he leaned or he bent over the boy, and the boy's uh, flesh began to warm up and come back to life. And um, and he went up, back and around. In other words, he wa- walked back and forth in the house, in the room. In other words, but once this direction, once that direction. And then he got up and he went again on top of the boy and bent over the boy. And as he did that, um, the boy uh, sneezed seven times. And he opened his eyes. So he performed some form of CPR and the boy cleared up whatever was blocking him from breathing. And he wakes up. And here he is. And he called to Kechazi Vayomer and he says, Call the woman from Shunam and he called her and she came to her here, carry your son out. 
and she um, she came and f- fell at his feet, at the feet of the prophet. She bowed to the ground and carried her son and left the room. This this was the uh, story of the um, of bringing this boy back to to life, which is a, a similar, very similar story to when Eliyahu Elijah also brought the boy back to life back in the first book of Kings. Um, here again we see uh, the tremendous amount of kindness and concern that Elisha had for this woman. But noticeably, there's again this miracle, which is obviously an incredible miracle, was very private, uh, number one, and it was also a miracle that was done for a woman who had done him a favor, which kind of qualifies it a little bit. Just like the story before was a miracle done of oil for a member of his club, so to speak, one of the banana vim. This was a miracle done for a woman that was done in response to a, the, a, fa- a, a favor that she had done for him. And one wonders <coughs> that this reciprocity might be the reason why Elisha might have not been told by God of the child's death, which Elisha sensed, and we got a sense that he was concerned about that. Why didn't I know? He had a feeling that he, that, so that maybe God was sending him some kind of message that these aren't necessarily the types of miracles that you should be performing only for the people who do you favors. But we're going to see in the next miracle, we're going to see another miracle in the next uh, installment, um, in the next podcast on chapter 4, uh, again, a similar kind of theme that passes through all of these miracles that kind of, it's, it's wonderful, it's astounding. We see the kindness and concern that Alicia has for people in terrible distress, but we also see that it's somehow not reaching the people, it's not reaching the public at large, and it's not influencing the, the, the terrible society with, within which they live. And here you have... Again, another story which highlighted the, the, um, the cruelty and the injustice of the society within which Elisha lived. Um, should he have taken a different path? Who knows? Let's see as we study the works of his life. Thank you so much for studying this part of chapter 4 together. Looking forward to finishing this chapter together and, of course, studying the rest of this book. Have a wonderful day.